millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And uh, I'm Perry Groves. And that's Perry Groves. Yeah, Perry Groves was alongside me this afternoon. That's right, H and G. It was a lot of fun, actually. We had fun today. Um, we uh, Perry uh, chatted about Tony Adams. Will be his take on uh, what went on in Strictly. Uh, we talked about club suits. Uh, what else did we do for you? Oh, yeah, we went on a tour of the the ship that the, plows the cruise partners. liner. Cruise liner is fantastic. With the world wasn't it? biggest slide. Oh, yeah. yeah, you were quite taken with that. You like a slide, don't head you? Head first, got to go head first. So, uh, Lisa Minot from The Sun, their travel editor, she'd been on the ship that the players' partners will be on. We did a bit of that. Uh, an audacious um, swoop for a top Premier League player by a club up in Greater Manchester. We spoke to their chairman. He's pushing his luck. We chatted about lots of different other stuff. You got involved as well. I think that'll do you. Here it is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Perry. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you? Lovely to see you. I've just got through that reading out loud. <laughs> I've done that since, the, um, was it the see, wide range readers at school? <laughs> when, you, when you sat in class and you go, oh, teacher, please don't look at me. I don't want to read out loud. Groves, stand up. Read oh, no. this to us. What were, you, what were you like at school, Perry? Um, I, I, my attention span wasn't great, I've got to admit. Um, and all I wanted to do was just play sport. That's yeah. all, I, all I wanted to do. And the teachers actually let me play when I got to... 14, 15, they knew that I wasn't particularly interested in uh, the academia. Right. And they let me go and play, uh, like train, like go and play football, go and play tennis, whatever. That was all right, as long as I didn't um, totally disrupt you their classroom. Dis- <laughs> exactly. You were disruptive. Get, get the ginger out, let him go. go was on. there a lesson, was there like a lesson that you enjoyed? Was there a kind of subject that you kind of thought, you know what, yeah, I'm quite, kind of quite into this? Um, I wasn't, Apart from PE. Yeah, I wasn't too bad at maths. Oh, okay. All right-ish. Right. Um, okay. English, um interest me it made me I thought a little bit more culture at the time but then I just completely forgot everything <laughs> so, yeah, so it was just it basically it was just all sport that's what yeah, it was yeah 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 now we've got loads to get stuck into today um, but it, uh, a, a sad story which we, we talked about yesterday myself and Andy has kind of led us into an interesting era that we're going to get the listeners involved in you were a fellow Bunbury uh, you knew uh, David English who we lost at the weekend Lord Bunbury Dr. Dave, uh, for many years as well. And we're all kind of feeling his loss. I mean, any of us can quite come to terms with the fact that he's not going to come in and sort of give a, put us in a bear hug and say hello again. But playing for the Bunburys, and you used to keep wicket a lot for the team. And I've talked, I've told some stories on air when we played Saracens recently and you've, you've got your cans of lager where the helmet normally sits and you start sledging the Saracens players and I've, I've often said to you Perry look he's a big lad but he's quick so if he chases you around the pitch he's going to get you is Jamie George so stop because there was one moment when you were sledging and sledging and he laughed and he was laughing and then he turned around at one point Jamie George he went 
You're right, mate. And I thought, That's enough. Oh, <laughs> 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 I went completely silent. That, you know. that I was like, that, shot do. Jamie. Yeah. Oh, lucky Jamie. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> they could actually smash the windscreen in your car. They could. They? They because could, they, they yeah. look and see where your car is. And when you see the rugby players walk out, yeah. it's like they've got a little pencil in their hand, isn't it? The cricket bat. Yeah. And then they could just pinpoint where your car was. Pick a window. Smash a stick and pick a window and that'd smash your windscreen. <laughs> so it was um so Dave, I always call him Sir Dave. Yeah. But, um he was the biggest character and most ebullient person I've ever met. And that's in from life. someone in football. Well that's yeah. I had gesture rooms obviously with Wrighty, with Merce, with Ray Parler. Yeah. Um and he made you though. He made you feel like you was the most important person mm. in the room. Yeah. You know, all his obviously Wexley about his stories and how he was, and he just gave people. He just brought people together. He gave you like surreal moments in in sport yeah. and obviously in cricket and meeting a load of. Um, like I met Lloyd Hunnigan mm. and he was one of my heroes, obviously <clears throat> from boxing in like the eighties yeah, yeah. when he beat Don Curry. And, I, and you're meeting these people, and I saw Eric Clapton bowled out three times with. <laughs> I'd be really uh, fortunate for him was Free Nobles because it was Eric Clapton's charity day so you couldn't bowl him out right. so, and then I saw uh, I was wicket keeping mm. with Timmy uh, Timmy Mallet was in bat and Joe mm. Kinnear was bowling and giving him <laughs> the biggest mo- verbal abuse I've ever heard in my life really and you look around and you think am I have I has there been mushrooms in my like, <laughs> in my afternoon tea because so, it's so Mallet's batting Joe Kinnear's bowling and, uh, and Joe Kinnear yeah. sledged him from the time that he walked out with Proper his with old his, school Joe yeah, verbal everything any expletive you can think of wow, and what? Timmy Mallet's thinking was he not a fan of the wide awake club didn't Joe? seem Why like it taken against well, Timmy I, was, I said to Timmy Mallet you know you got he had his mallet with him I said go and smash him over the edge with a mallet I said that looked magnificent <laughs> if he did that <laughs> wasn't a real mallet that was a rubber mallet yeah his rubber mallet I mean, it takes it yeah, out, yeah that's true and then I remember wicket keeping uh, in the like, uh, space of four overs, yeah, and it was um, Devon Malcolm, mm. Wazim Akram, Chris Cairns, and then Phil Tufnell. And I'm thinking, and these, you're keeping wicket. I'm keeping wicket, obviously, especially to Devon Malcolm, and they were only bowling off of four or five paces, yeah, and I'm yeah. standing another cricket pitch back yeah. and taking it above my head. And also you were telling us, you are telling me off air, Perry, as you're not a regular wicketkeeper, you didn't have any inners in, did I you? I had no idea, because someone went, who wants to be wicketkeeper? And, and I thought, oh, again, tension span. I don't stand in a field and like be bored, so I'll be wicketkeeper. And then afterwards, I, I caught a couple from Wazim Akram, mm. and you think that's pretty good. And Devon Malcolm. And then I took my wicketkeeping gloves off, and they were like Kenny Everett hands. They were the biggest swollen <laughs> hands. And I said, look, this kill. What, how do wicketkeepers do this? Yeah. And then Sir Dave went, um, El Pell. He said, didn't you put any gloves on? I said, yeah, I've got the quick. No, no. He said the innards. So I had yeah. to put my hands in two buckets of ice. Oh. Um, but it's. He, I say he just brought people together. Um, one of the kindest, um, like sweetest man. Yeah, that no, he was. I've ever met, and the stories, fifty percent probably true, fifty percent a little mm. bit, you know, sort of not embellished, but made more colourful. If you know what I mean. Well, like with, with Saturday, it'd be lovely if there can be a, a big memorial game in his honour, and I'm sure the ECB will get behind that. And a lot of people in sort of sport and showbiz and cricket will and maybe they'll they'll give him a great old cricket in send-off because I think he deserves that. The the reason we bring it up again today is that, as you said, there's that old dice game that we used to play, How's That? And you used to come up with fantasy teams, you know. Um, And so I'd say it's right up there, isn't it? So you'd have Joe Kinnear bowling, Perry Groves wicketkeeper, Timmy Mallet batting. It's like, if if, if you're part of that, there's a little moment sometimes in life where you look around, they're just so surreal, you have to pinch yourself. Well, I had a a moment at Totteridge Mm -hmm. uh, against Nigel Ray's uh, team, obviously the Saracens, and it was uh, bowled 
um, Jacobs caught Hawksby. Remember? Oh, we had a couple of those. Remember? Andy Andy always talks us through his fine bowling, but every catch I've taken off of Andy's bowling has been long on or long off. And they were destined for the boundary until my hands got <laughs> right, there. And Andy had decent figures, right? And I say to him, We've got 26 fielders and yes. and <laughs> 20 of them are ex-county cricketers. Yeah, so that's were, right. They were just plucking catches out of the air all over the so place. So as long as it's not uh, crossing the boundary, yeah. there's a pretty good chance they'll get the catch. So we're interested in that kind of sporting. Well, it could be sport and it could be beyond that. You could have been at a do, sitting, chatting with a, a, a couple of... I mean, what, just those little moments when you kind of... They're so surreal, the company you're in or the people you're playing the sport with, you just have to pinch yourself and think, is, is this really happening? in the Mallet, Kinnear, Groves envelope. A, a very quick one, playing with the Bunburys years ago in, in Regent's Park, the opening of this sort of big pod that had this in the middle of Regent's Park. We had a game, and I can't remember if it was bowling. It was a former England fight. So somebody was really flat out bowling. And it got a top edge um, from whoever was batting. Again, a decent... And it carried... It looked like it was going to go for six. And suddenly, Joe Kinnear appears, a diving catch... Uh, it was just amazing. All oh, there was a, that went something so amazing. It's not the immediate cheer; it's a silence because you can't quite take in see, what you've you can't seen. believe what you've seen. Yeah. It's when you look in football ground now and you look on the big screen and you, you have a. <laughs> oh, that's like, it. And joking, it didn't spill a drop either. He <laughs> probably did have a pint in the other. But yeah, Joe did this amazing. Anyway, so those those um, sport pinch yourself moments, we'd love to hear from you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Perry Groves here on Talk Sport. I saw pictures of the England players uh, preparing to get on the plane to uh, Qatar. We also had Perry in all the squad numbers announced for the players, and everybody's trying to read into it. You look at 1 to 11, and look, quite a lot of those players in the 1 to 11 positions are going to be playing, but I wonder if you're in a squad like that and you get the 1 to 11, whether you think you're the chosen one. It would make a difference. Yeah. Definitely. Even um, subconsciously, if you give you a little bit, little bit of a lift, yeah. you think, I've got more of a chance of being in the starting eleven, I if I was the manager, I'd actually go just alphabetic order. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Because then I think Argentina. But don't players have favourite? Like Eric Dyer likes to wear fifteen. He's got fifteen. So do players get a bit superstitious yeah, or not? It's all right with your club when you're playing for England. You go, there's your shirt. Doesn't matter if you're yeah. like seventy two, does it? As long yeah. as you're playing, you're in the starting eleven. Who cares? <laughs> but you're not even in the starting twenty six if you're wearing seventy two. <laughs> no, you save your favourite shirts, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So, um, I mean, were you? I'm just, I don't want to make you sound old, mate. But were you in the days of? Were you one to eleven in your day, or were there the squad? No, it just you? come in um, when I was finishing at Southampton. Mm. And and I think they gave me 15 just to keep me happy, even though my uh, ankle and Achilles was hanging off. <laughs> I, was, I was on, so just he was in the squad if you did. Got they back ask fit. you at the time, did they say, no. well, what would you like? Or they just said, no, you're 15. Well, I wasn't having seven. Because no. <laughs> of tears, do you know what I mean? So yes. that, that weren't happening. Yeah, so yeah, that was the last season that I was playing. When, when I was at the Gooners, it was like one to 11. Yeah, of and course. And I was like the stump man. So it, I could be seven, I could be nine, it could be 11, could be 10. Yeah. I was just happy to get a shirt. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't good enough to demand a number. Do you know mm. what I mean? You, when we can talk about Ronaldo later on, and yeah. obviously the shirt sales and the commercial value. And if you're a new signing, then the new signings, if they can't have the shirt straight away, you know for well if someone's coming in and say it's Harry Kane, he's wearing ten, and you're to, you know for well next year they'll go. Um, we're just going to move you. You've been doing great, but the ten's going to go to Harry. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, there's a, yeah, there is a hierarchy. Well, it's interesting because everybody thought he would take the nine. 
but um, he wanted ten, apparently. He never wanted nine. Everybody used to see him as the... I mean, he always saw himself as someone who was more than just a finisher, more than a centre-forward, but he could have had nine, but he went with ten. But if also, he plays a lot in the ten position anyway, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, when he, he just drops in, comes deep. And footballers are very superstitious. You yeah. know, if that might be his lucky number for when he was a kid, whatever then obviously he's that good. He can demand whatever number he, he wants. So yeah. it's like footballs with the boots. If footballer goes for a good scoring streak, it'll be their lucky boots. Mm. You know what I mean, they'll wear them game after game after game. If they have a bit of a like a shocker, then they'll burn them and then get a new pair. Did you have a pair of lucky boots? No. They're more, they're more like diver's boots, to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, we turn now to, uh, an, I think they used to, an audacious swoop, they call it in uh, in football cliche land, I think. Uh, and this is the club we've made an audacious swoop for Erling Haaland, who has kind of got about five or six weeks off to uh, to recharge the batteries with uh, his nation not qualifying for the, cha- uh, for the World Cup. So Ashton United... Of uh, officially club statement yesterday, they confirmed that they had submitted a 28-day loan approach for the Manchester City striker Erling Haaland. Thing is, that's official, but there might, there's always tapping up that goes on before. I wonder if they got a little me- little message to him yeah, you know, yeah. behind reckon, the lines. Do you yeah. Okay, well, They've I'm got sure a little in somewhere. I'm sure there were no brown envelopes involved. Uh, it'd have to be a hell of an envelope, wouldn't it, to trouble? Uh, Erling Haaland. Think more of a van. I think it would be a postal van. A brown van. Van, That's right, UPS van. (laughs) Uh, Of course not. Jonathan Sayer Burke is the Ashton United uh, chairman. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, how are you? Hi, Jonathan. Oh, good, thank you. So, look, I suppose the the big question is what sort of reaction have you had from uh, City so far? Well, so far, City have been disappointingly quiet. You know, we're we're still waiting for, for them to get back. We've not even heard anything from Pep. Which, which is, you know, we're disappointed because we thought by now he'd have given us a call. But Jonathan, yeah. it's not a no, is it? It's not a no. Well, that's, that's, the that's the thing. That's the thing. Where yeah. there's no, you know, there's still hope at the moment. He seems like a good lad. He seems like somebody really enjoys his football. And he might, you know, I just even if he doesn't play the first cut, he might be thinking three weeks in, I'm a bit bored. So I'll, I'll just turn out for... Uh, for Ashton United. Well, imagine the, the, the... I mean, look, you'd put a few on the gate, um, but uh, the insurance would be quite chunky, I would think, wouldn't it? Would you be expecting City to pick that up? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that'd be the right thing for them to do. They, 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 I think they'd have to cover all the costs, really. This would just be us doing them a favour, you know, keeping him fit, keeping him sharp. I think our manager said as well, if he came in now, he'd be ready for our Christmas due. Um, December the third as well, because I'm sure he'd like that, and you know we'd 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 make sure we cover all his bar tab for the night. To be fair, Jonathan, your recruitment strategy is very good because you're playing the Northern Premier League Premier Division, and it's obviously yep. very very physical. You know what I'd like to yep. call like proper football. You know yeah. where referees tell players to get over. So you've obviously choose uh, chosen Holland because his physicality. It's yeah. not just any old player you've gone for. Well, you know, we had a recruitment meeting and we, we basically it was him or Mo Salah. And we thought that we thought that Haaland would be more suited to the, to the physicality of our league, for sure. Yeah. You don't want a sort of tippy-tappy merchant. Not that I'm suggesting Mo Salah is, but you don't want one of those players. Uh, you know, you, I think I think Haaland would do well in non-league, don't you? I think he would he would embrace it. Mo Salah has his sleeves over his... Mo Salah has his sleeves over his hands yeah. in August and September. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a sign there on the body language, isn't it? But yeah, so I mean, you are this. Perry's right. You are choosing a player that sort of is purpose built for non-league football. I mean, you know, I mean, he's probably a little bit level-wise. He's probably a bit better than that. But still, I mean, he's got all the attributes to succeed down in that division, isn't he? 
I, th- I think he's got that and, and probably a bit more, you know. So, we, we, you know, we, we've, like you said, we've got kind of our back channels. You know, we know that we know one of the kit men and we know one of the cleaners at City. Mm. So that's our way in. We're hoping that they can find him and kind of make an approach that way. If, yeah. if, the, if the official route doesn't work, which it's not at the moment. Jonathan, does he have to pay subs? Do you have to... Like, like chip in? No, 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 no. We've got with the, the, the it's um it's semi pro, so he'd, he'd you know we we could cover we could cover around hundred and fifty quid of his wages. We right. reckon, you well, know, so probably not point not 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 one percent of his wages. We we'd be in there, and we could cover. What about his expenses? What about his petrol? Yeah, money? I was going to ask about like that. Forty five p a mile or something. <laughs> do the boys yeah, go I, together? We have to yeah. drive a hard bargain, I think. Yeah. Like I can car share, can't, can't they? Well, that's what I'm saying. Somebody, somebody pick him up from the services. Yeah. And uh, he can just be waiting outside the services for the boys to pick him up, can't he, really? Just squeeze in the back of a strikers, mini. One of our strikers, he's just passed his driving test, so, so he'd be able to give him a lift to and yeah. from for all the matches, except for South Shields, because it's a bit far. I wouldn't be having a fellow striker going to pick no, him you up. you don't want that. No. So, no, he weren't there. I, told, I went to pick yeah. him up. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts for services. And then I ran, over, seen. And I ran over his foot. Oh, how did that happen? I can't believe it. Yeah, I just, I just seemed to knock him over in the car park. Now, look... I, 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 it's unlikely. Let's be honest. Uh, joking aside, Pep, Pep is unlikely to give to give this uh, the green light, is he? Really? It's probably not going to happen. But you know what? It's been amazing the the the, the exposure we've got as a club. Like yeah. the, like we we've gained something like six thousand Twitter followers <laughs> in a couple of hours. Like <laughs> we, we, right now, we've got TV cameras down in our ground doing a walk around the stadium with our manager. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable for a club our level to get this amount of exposure and, and just to be, you know, to be on this show is, is amazing. Like, you know, I mean, my my normal job is in theatre, so it's it's totally weird to be on talk sport, a show I always listen to, talking about signing one of the best strikers in the world. It's been it's been pretty weird day at the office. Great so, PR. Yeah, you said you've got a bit of an in. Everybody has a mole in the camp. So is it Michael Clegg, your manager? Is he mates with... Man City's kit man. So if you can't that, get um, Erling, then who would be your next target? Yeah, we well, go back. Alvarez, he's at the World Cup, isn't he? Yeah. That's the thing. I think they've got such a good team that mm. they've all gone to the World Cup, haven't they? Yeah. So, you know, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be looking at the youth team, I suppose. Well, I mean, they've got some good kids as well. I mean, again, I mean, like, Pep's yeah. Free. Pep would come in and, and kind of joint manage with Mike for the for the month I'm sure Mike would be alright with that okay, I'd, I'd stick Pep in midfield if he finishes a game I think he could still do it yeah. you know, he wouldn't do a lot of running but he wouldn't need to would he really be like the magic robot he'd just be in charge Probably. of it all wouldn't he fantastic well look um, I'm surprised City did you have to go through this like you just all you did you sent would you send an email to City or did you drop them a line? how does it work do you have to tell the FA you're doing this so I think I think that this started with both Mike and our um, our, our kind of media volunteer Matt, mm. and they they did a joint attack. So one of them put out an official statement, and then our secretary at the club has, has put in an email to the club. And all we can do really is just wait and see if we'll get a response back. But like Mike said on on Sky Sports yesterday, you know it makes total sense. You know we want to keep him fit for City. Yeah. So you know it it just seems like it just seems logical to me. Well, look, we wish you well. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it and uh, do let us know if City do come back to you, and especially if they say yes. What a story that would be. Um, yeah, good, Thanks so much. Good Cheers. to talk to you. Cheers, Jonathan. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Jonathan Sayer-Burke, they're the chairman of Ashton United, who have, say, an audacious swoop, uh, put in a, uh, a bid for Erling Haaland for the month. I think but, in the lower leagues, it's like a seven-day approach, isn't it, if you want to take a, a player from another club. So right. I wonder if they're waiting for the... 
Maybe like seven that. days. Yeah, that's that's yeah. But the good news is, it's not a no. It's not a no at the moment. That's right. You know, you, you still got to have hope. Steve Wilson, the match of the day commentator, put an interesting stat earlier on because uh, Jonathan was saying there about uh, the amount of players that City have got going to the World Cup. I was seeing yesterday that um, I think Southampton, the joint lowest, they got two. They've got two players going and other clubs. So um, Steve put out a little interesting stat today. Bayern Munich have the most players called up. That's uh, 17. They've got 17 players from their squad going. Barca and Man City got 16. Um, there's 163 uh, players. English leagues have provided most players. Second to the Spanish leagues with 86. So England have got 163 players going from the Premier League and beyond. That was the only time, <clears throat> obviously I, I wasn't good enough to play international football, nearly got to Republic of Ireland, but Jack Chalk was so drunk he didn't know what my name was, so I thought <laughs> I can't be turning up for that one. Um, but then in the old days... Um, if the international football was played on the Wednesday or the Tuesday and the international team meet up on the Sunday, the non-international players, at one time it was only myself and Kevin Richardson, we used to get two days off. So yeah. people go, oh, you got you're not playing international football. You go, no, I can go bang on it for two days. Not <laughs> back gonna, in till Thursday. You, I mean, what's it going to be like for the guys now? I mean, most of them are going to get probably a couple They'll of weeks have, off. Uh, yeah, I imagine they'll probably have 10 days to two weeks off and right. then they'll come back and they'll basically do uh, a mini pre-season. You, know, well, you do themselves. have to tick over even in that couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, they don't. don't they're not going to go and have like 15 pints a day, are no. they, and like kebabs. They'll still, like you boys They'll did. have their training uh, regimes they have to do. They have the BMI, don't they, and they have you know, all the different monitors they'll yeah, put yeah. on them. So they'll still be going for probably like probably 10-mile jogs or whatever. So they're not going to put on any weight. No chance. Coming back, all coming back two weeks with big old derbies, just sitting there watching the World Cup, eating pizza like the. When rest we of won us. the title in like uh, eight, 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 nine, our average weight gain you get weighed at the end of the season. You have a your playing weight, and you're allowed four pounds over that when you come back. The average weight gain was ten and a half pounds. Wow, it's <laughs> all it was. It's all bin bags. <laughs> go, on, <laughs> you lot, go and sweat it off. Where you go, it was, but they expected it. Different yeah. times. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Players' partners will be heading out, the team heading out today, of course, and uh, the players' partners will be out there to uh, cheer them on. And, um, I mean, there was a few stories before the World Cup was that the prices of the hotels were so ridiculous they weren't going to have the big extending families. I mean, how much you earn. You know, most of these, they're, most of them are working-class kids and they know the value of a pound note. And uh, a lot of their families looking at it and saying, I'm just not paying that for a for a room. But I don't know how much it is costing or whether the FA are picking up the tab. I would guess not. But there is uh, a beautiful uh, ship, um, ship moored in, uh, in Qatar. And uh, it's huge. And it's, a beautiful, it's, a, I mean, it's not a boat, it's a ship. ship. Um, and we're very lucky that the Sun's head of travel, uh, Lisa Minot, has uh, has been on to it and, and can tell us more about it. Um, hi, Lisa. Good afternoon. Hi, Lisa. Now, yeah, 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 as the head of travel, you've been on some pretty glitzy old uh, ships and hotels. So where does this one rank? Were you impressed? Oh, incredibly impressed. This is MSC's um, new ship, the World Europa. It's a new class of ship for them. It's huge, um, over 6,500 passengers on board. Um, but I think what will have um, you know, been the really big lure for the WAGs is the fact that they have what's effectively a luxury ship within the ship in their yacht club, um, which is an all-sweet area of the ship with its own exclusive restaurant and lounge and sun decks. Um, so they can basically hide away, aren't they? Um, all the food and drink is included for them as well. And actually, it's really good value. Um, you know, just as a punter, if you wanted to go onto that ship after it actually sort of finishes its World Cup run, you can do a three-night trip, um, you know, full board, £159 out of Dubai, £159 if you wanted to take it on there yourself. Oh. So I think it's really good value. That's not bad. What, for three nights? Three nights, £159. Yeah, that's an inside cabin. Um, you probably would want to sort of like, you know, splash out and maybe have a balcony. But I mean, really good value cruising. And the ship is just incredible. It's just luxury from, you know, from top to bottom. Lisa, I, sorry, I, sorry well, can you do that on booking.com? Yeah. So wait, wait, it's like, like pay out the property. You can just pay you when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> I take it the, the, the players' partners and their families and uh, won't be paying £159 uh, for, for their section. No, I mean, it, it, at the moment, you know, the, the top owner's suite, so that the biggest suite in that yacht club area is going for about £6,000 per person per week. Um, so that's, you know, pretty pretty sort of like high end, but that mm. does include all your booze, all your drinks in this exclusive restaurant. You've got all your food um, and you've got your own butler. So butler's 24 hours a day, you know, back and pool. Um, so, I mean, I definitely think it would be worth it. And actually, I think, you know, outside of the World Cup, um, where it's actually going to be there, staying there, you can get a yacht club suite for about £1,500 for a week. Um, so, again, really good value. So, as you say, you know, for these guys who perhaps didn't want to sort of splash out on huge amounts of money on this, it is decent value. And you're on the cruise ship. You can drink whenever you want. You can sunbathe wherever you want. You don't have to worry about what you're wearing. Um, I think it's a really good solution. Lisa, as well, I was reading that they said that all the, the butlers and the waiters, waitress will know every guest's first name. That's right. Yeah, there's some memory of that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially since there's 150 suites. So, yeah, I mean, they've got an army of butlers on board and they will be allocated a certain number of rooms where they'll get to know everybody. And before they've even flown out to the World Cup, they will have asked them what pillows they'd like. They want a hard pillow or a soft pillow. Yeah. And they want, they want to know, you know, what booze would you like in your in your cabin? Would you like a bottle of gin or a bottle of vodka? Um, so there's a lot of personalised service definitely on board as well. The uh, Now, Perry, I see there's seven swimming pools, which uh, which is nice. I mean, you can only ever use one at once. 
months, can't you, really? But, Perry, you're very interested in the slide. So I Lisa, think slide is probably doing it a bit of a disservice, Lisa. He likes slide in the Did you ever go on the slide, Lisa? I did, and it is utterly terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it basically corkscrews down 11 decks, and it's wow. the longest dry slide at sea, um, and it's pretty much vertical the entire way. Wow. And it really does take your breath away. Um, and there's plenty of things like that on board that, you know, if you're not sort of a wag and you fancy doing something that's a bit more exciting, they've got loads of um, water slides on board. There's even a Formula One simulator. Um, so there's loads of great things to see and do. They've got dodgems on board. Um, and, you know, fantastic activities for the kids as well. If any of the wags are taking the kids with them, loads for them to do. Yeah. Lisa, was you head first? Did you go, did you go, you didn't go head first. They tell you not no, to do that, Paris. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was too terrified and I was also holding a camera while I was doing it, so I did it very much feet first. Oh, they got a Balinese bo- spa. You have a Balinese spa. And um, yeah, I suppose you can have your hair. You can have your hair done there. Or shaved, head shaved. Head sh- well, I remember years ago, the 1990 World Cup. I think I've, I've mentioned this before. I remember Gary Lineker popping up on telly during Italia 90, and I think he, they were a bit bored, and he had his hair cut at the hotel. And uh, yeah, it, it looks like he's taking shears to him. He wasn't massively happy with it. I think you've got to be careful letting someone loose on your barnet, really. Well, I think, um, but I imagine the spa is is, is impressive, Lisa, it, isn't it? Oh, the spa was really good. Mm. Um, it's got lots of different treatment rooms. You can, you know, you can go into a sauna. You've got steam rooms. You've got a beautiful pool in there. And um, the one, one I wasn't too keen on was the snow room, which was basically just ice everywhere, wow. floor, ceiling, everywhere. Um, that was bloody cold. Um, but you know, lots for them. <laughs> it's to bound do. to be. Not I think Clue was in the <laughs> ice room. Clue's in the ice room. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine should, Lisa sitting put, there in a coat. Put your coat on. Of course, yeah. a bit chilly in here. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But I mean, loads for them to do. Lots of pampering. You know, they had all of the nails and you know manicures and pedicures. You can have your hair done. For the blokes, there's actually even a traditional barbers on board, a specific Ooh. barbers looking like, you know, sort of that old, like, Victorian-style barbers. Um, so, I mean, yeah, plenty to keep them amused and to also, you know, keep them looking tip-top before they go to the games. I know you said it was sort of an all-inclusive, you know, yeah. you drink, but at the, the normal prices, to be fair, for such a luxurious line, it doesn't seem too bad. I was looking there, like, the rosé champagne was only 13 quid. I pay that in my local pub. 13 quid? Quid, yeah. 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 Um, no, the prices are really, and that's another thing about this. This is a European cruise ship, so mm. um, we're slightly more. You know, we've all seen about the fact that the dollar um, has, you know, really taken a. We've taken a backing against the dollar. This is a European cruise ship, and it's known as a cruise ship for the people. So the prices on board are really good. They've got a fantastic English boozer on board, uh, where they've actually got their own brewery. Um, so they're actually just distilling beer on board. There's a there's a wheat. There's a pills. And there's a bitter um, made using seawater. Um, but again, decent prices, no more than about, I think it was six euros a pint, which, you know, that was for the, the really posh stuff that they were serving up from this thing. Um, but six euros compared to what you're going to be paying in Qatar itself, which I think we've heard figures of around 15 pounds for a bottle of beer, haven't we? So I think there's definitely going to be an advantage of being on board a ship like that. So do any deals for you, like try and entice you in, maybe like on a Wednesday like six ninety nine for a pint yeah. and a curry. Pub quiz. Exactly. It's, it sounds like a city, doesn't it? It sounds yeah. like a city more than a ship. Well, brilliant, Lisa. Thank you. We're chapter and verse Cheers, on that. We know, we know all about it. And for 159 Cheers. quid, I think you may have drummed up a bit of business for them. Thank you. No worries. Speak to you soon. Lisa Minot there, the son's head of travel, who has been on that. Well, it sounds very impressive, doesn't it? Well, I think I do well when I upgrade, you know, and go to Irish Ferries or DFDS, where you upgrade to the lounge, you know. When That's you, oh, yeah. yeah exactly. Touch a clock. Or Prosecco. 
Didn't you? you like a cruise, Perry? I can see you on a cruise. Yeah, I love a little cruise over to France. Oh, yeah. yeah I see it about an hour and a half, then you get a bit yeah, bored. Yeah. <laughs> you've not, done now. You've not clu- cruised around the Med? I did one oh, with Nigel. It's random. Nigel Callahan, who used to play for Derby. Yeah. He was a DJ on a Russian cute cruise ship back in that, <laughs> eight, honestly, in 86, 87. Really? And we were supposed Nigel Callahan and myself were supposed to be the football coaches for all the kids that yeah. obviously gone on with their families. Mm. And there was no kids. So we just had like a. 10-day cruise you doing did. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> just, just sitting around the pool. What happens, what happens if the ball goes overboard? I mean, it, you know... It's gonna that's go, it. That's Game it. over. Gonna go, that's it. That's it. Well, surely, if you were the football kid, you just lumped it over the side of the ship and said, you'll pop back to the bar. We can't play anymore. You're going to go and get that? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's when she said the slide was terrifying. I wondered if it just went straight into the sea. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Myself and Andy and Charlie uh, won't be here for the first couple of weeks of the tournament because there are live games wall to wall. I mean, there's four games a day, ten uh, during our slot. There's live football, which you'll very much want to enjoy. But what we are going to do is bring you a podcast. So we'll have a, an H&J Daily World Cup podcast which uh, we'll record after the uh, four games at the end of the day and reflecting on, on that day. So it'll be available, I, I guess, later on that night for the night hours or following morning if you want to have a listen uh, in the morning to the uh, old nonsense that we've seen around the World Cup. Then uh, we'd love you to download it. If you've not downloaded the podcast or you're on a regular listener to the H&J podcast because you get a chance to listen to the show, well, uh, that will be your only outlet if you want to listen to us so um, go along and download it now in Readyment for the World Cup. So from Sunday, we'll do our first one on Sunday after the opening ceremony. And we'll have guests joining us. There'll be sort of half hour, 40 minutes or so. You know, keep, we won't keep you for too long. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, just hopefully enjoy our take on the tournament for the first couple of weeks when uh, we, uh, you know, we'll be returning. So be twisting your sobriety. Quite, quite it, yes, I think it's going to keep you off. I, I think it will. I'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be, yes, I'll, I'll look after Taking myself. Taking your notes. A couple of, you won't recognise me. That's like right. All the lines in my face will fall out. Yeah, yeah. Fall. Around England games, that'll be a, a tester. Like a, yeah, it certainly will. <laughs> so we don't want Andy on here when he's had a few. He gets a bit punchy. He's bad enough as he is. Keep him off the wine. Yeah, that's what keep him off the, the vodka. The, that was the problem in Russia. Devil. Andy Jacobs on the vodka. He's blind. Do his eyes go? Turn. Well, no, he just gets. It gets a bit chippy. Oh, what? Shoulders go back. So well, yeah. yeah. He, gets, he decided there was a couple of big six foot seven Russian blokes that he took exception to. <laughs> it's a bit Bob yeah, noxious. don't worry. We'll get you out of trouble, Andy. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, that ain't going to happen. But if you can, yes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, as we said, the World Cup podcast starting um, this Sunday, it'll be available for you Monday morning. It's Paul Hawksby and Perry Groves here on Talksport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Perry, we had a chat about Cristiano Ronaldo a little bit earlier on in his uh, situation and uh, even those that have been staunch supporters like Rio Ferdinand are saying there is no way back after this. Um, I mean, how, how are you viewing it all? When you know that Rio Ferdinand or Roy Keane or Patrice Everett say, no, you better have order, then yeah. you know how bad it is because yeah. they are their, the fanboys, aren't they, of mm. Ronaldo. He can't do no wrong in their eyes. I actually thought it showed uh, a little bit of a lack of class, to be honest. Um, mm. And it has, I think it's tarnished his, um, this time he's been at, at Manchester yeah. United. Not for what he did, obviously, uh, before. And I think Ten Hag has handled this absolutely brilliantly. I think that, I said at the beginning of the season, that I'd have got rid of Ronaldo, because one of the all-time great players, no doubt about that mm. whatsoever. But he didn't fit the way that Ten Hag wanted Manchester United to play, you know, with the pressing and the closing down. And it was always going to be a route on an elder. You, you can't have that distraction when you're trying to reboot a culture and a philosophy at a football club. You don't need that, that sideshow. 
But I think he's he's given enough um, leeway. Mm. And then, obviously, he goes from the uh, reserve team game, and he? he does one at half-time, where he gives him a bit of flea in his ear, then refusing to come on as a sub, and he disappears up the tunnel, doesn't he? And I think Ten Hag's looking at it going... I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And because he didn't want to be the one who was seen to be forcing him out of Manchester yeah. United. So I think Ten Hag Ten played Hag a blinder. Has yeah. Absolutely played it absolutely perfectly. And with Ronaldo coming out and doing this interview with Piers Morgan, he's now sitting there thinking, do you know what? This is now out of my hands. There's no way in the world. He said the one thing that he doesn't respect me, I can't work with players that no. say there's no respect there. You cannot like a manager. That's different to not respecting him. Mm. And the only positive thing in the whole interview was uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And that's because Solskjaer indulged Ronaldo. Yeah. That's the only reason. So I made that comment about if he plays like that, he can play where he likes. And it sort of seemed to be a bit of favouritism to a player. Also, but in, especially Ronaldo at his peak, then Mm. fine. Maybe you could indulge him to a certain extent. But now, if you look at all the top teams, if if you look at Man City, they don't have any players that you indulge off the ball. Now, yeah. with Manchester United, you'd have Ronaldo and you'd have Fernandez, and for a period of time, Marcus Rashford mm. didn't want to like track back at all. Sancho didn't want to track back. So Ten Hag is just trying to sort of change that flossing narrative. Now you see Manchester United, they don't have any forwards that don't no. track back or a liability off the ball. So mm. obviously now it's out of Ten Hag's hands because he'll be saying to the hierarchy... <laughs> There's no one in the world yeah. that he can be coming back. It's in. how they, it's where they go from here. I mean, I was reading today that the prospect of tearing up his contract, but that would mean they're not going to pay him to the end of the year. You're not going to pay him for the rest of the season, five hundred grand a week after what's gone on. Because whether you can, you know, it's whether the agent is prepared to do that. They'll try and make a deal if the player really depends. What's on offer? I mean, they tried to offload him in the summer, and there were there no takers. takers. It'd be interesting, not for spoke. what he wanted. Yeah, well, we all these. Um, club Sport Lisbon, I think, was one of them. When they said, yeah. "Yeah, we'd love to, to bring you here, but obviously financially, it's not possible." That's a great excuse to have, isn't it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you go, "Oh, he could get him for nothing." Be interested to see how many takers there are, because again, from his point of view, Ronaldo might be um, a narcissist, and he might be, you know, sort of self-indulgent, which maybe you don't get to where he has got unless you're a little bit like that. Yeah. But he's not silly. No. So I think this is uh, a very premeditated interview and he knew that it was going to be a bombshell interview and he knew that there was no way back and that's what he's probably looking for. He goes out tomorrow night on Talk TV. Um, I mean, we've seen quite a lot of excerpts on it but there is more to come tomorrow and no doubt we'll be be talking about this again. Can I say one thing as well on that, right? Yeah. Piers Morgan saying... Arsenal should be in for yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. Piers, please, mate. I don't know if you've done your coaching badges. I don't know how qualified you are. That would be are. just a terrible it, life. I mean, as a Tottenham re- fan, I say I'd love it, that, but yeah, it's but not it, going to happen, is it? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. No. Because he's... Ronaldo is a Bamiang times 20. Yeah, yeah. Right? And also, again, the philosophy that Mikel Teta has put into this bunch of Arsenal players mm. is no egos, humbleness... You all work hard for the team. It's about the team, non-negotiables. Yeah. And you think, oh, no, we'll put the biggest ego on the planet and just go and disrupt all that. Yeah, no, that it would was, be... Arsenal fans <clears> must have been going, <throat> oh, it appears, you know, I know you'd say things, you know, 
to get a reaction, but have a day off, mate. <laughs> this ain't, this ain't <laughs> happening. Now, staying with another of your old teammates, Tony Adams um, was in the dance-off for the first time on Strictly. A lot of the Arsenal fans, let's get Tony to Blackpool. Didn't quite get him to Blackpool. Um, and uh, Tony said afterwards, uh, it's been tough for the last couple of weeks. I had a little bit of a hammy last week and I went out and danced anyway. And on Thursday, I did a bit of uh, toe-pointing and a bit of retraction. That's not done in football. You don't point your toes. And I went, ah! He said, now, was Tony a man to play through the pain yeah. barrier generally when he played football? Well, he'd headbutt walls. And in his warm-up, he'd be headbutting a wall before and out. His hero was Terry Butcher. Mm. It's lions, tigers, cage animals go up there and headbutt yeah. wall when he blocked tackle wall not that and me and Merce sit there going what's he doing that for he's going to get injured what's, what's the matter with him what's he doing um, I actually think there was a little bit of he was going to be in the dance off wasn't he against Tyler West yeah, he was a yeah, brilliant dancer yeah. right? and I think it would have been like Napoleon Dynamite uh, in a dance off against Fred Astaire <laughs> do you know what I mean it'd be, it'd well it Napoleon gone. Dynamite was brilliant if you remember but can he yeah. that would have been interesting <laughs> yeah, that would have been but, good but I just think no and Tony thought really what's the point because like, I'm going to get voted out anyway. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I'm going to be biased. Right at the start, you could say that Tony had his boots on, shoes on the wrong feet, didn't yeah. he? said himself. If you look at Harry's, he has progressed. He has got better because mm. he's thrown himself into it yeah. 100%. And I'm, he's my mate. We're on a, a WhatsApp group together, the 89, whatever. Yeah. And we actually, we are proud of him because yeah, he's no, shown... you can see he got better. He's completely yeah. out of his comfort zone. Yeah. Completely out of it. Hasn't got particularly natural rhythm. Do you know what I mean? So... And he has improved, and that's what Strictly is about. Because all the others have been to you know acting school and dance yeah. school, which is fine, and it's Stan is unbelievable. But it is an entertainment show as well. Sure. So, yeah. but I think now was the time to go. Okay, it's been brilliant, and it's probably just about the right time for him to go. So I, I think it might have been a convenient, just little, just in time for the just, World Cup. Just a, yeah, just a little, a little. Uh, Tweak, shall we say? I think, yeah. yeah. And just very quickly, because um, um, we're going to go head off to the states in a minute. Uh, but there was a Gareth Southgate was saying he wanted all the boys to enjoy these World Cup build-up things, and that included the suits being fitted for the suits and wearing the England suits. They weren't in suits; they were in like casual jackets. It was M and S range, casual jackets, some in t-shirts, some in polo shirts. So the England, the kind of player suit, the England suit has, has gone. I mean, but you were at Arsenal, and I remember your era under George Graham. He was very much in uh, well, jackets looked, and ties they look they? like remember this is one for the teenagers mm. K's catalogue they look like you know we're waving to somebody in, on the yeah, front the of the K's, K's catalogue yeah standing on a sort of uh, <laughs> leaning on a five bar gate <laughs> exactly. like a knitting pattern <laughs> but yeah. um, the, I I like if you're going I can understand they get, um, they're all together there and I can mm. understand if you're on a plane you're on long haul whatever I like seeing my team when they're going especially to away games or on official functions whatever in the blazer the tie club, so like club crest club crest is that in club tie yeah. same uh, slacks or trousers whatever because you it get it's called your game head it, mm. it makes you feel like you're going to work so we had no choice when away games or club functions and it was a it was like getting the the green blazer in or, um, for the masters you know when yeah. if you get your jacket well we've still got my Arsenal blazer that's like you're in the first team squad yeah, yeah. so that was like whoa and there's one quick story. We went to Australia in the one season and there was um, ourselves, Nottingham Forest and Man City playing in the six-a-side competition. Mm-hmm. And we mucked about first. He came in and gave us a major rollicking and he said, right, if you get into the final, then I'll give you the prize money. So we got that. Went off to Great Keppel Island on this on this boat and it was probably 100 degrees and the Man City and Nottingham Forest, because it's the end of the season, yeah. like Brian Clough's there. They're, they're on flip-flops, shorts, whatever, just... Like sunbathing, yeah. We're in blazer tie, <laughs> all everything on slacks, you know, yeah. wooden woolen trousers, 
Ginger's not great, by the way. I'm lucky I didn't <laughs> hyperventilate, do you know what I mean? I'm sweating. So we said to Tone, he said, Tone, do us a favour. Go and have a word with the gaffer. We're struggling here. Yeah. Ask him if we can put out. He's a bit of a style counsellor, George. He liked to oh, smart he was, outfit, he? was he? in it as well. He's yeah. playing time. So we see Tone walking uh, up the deck just to go and see him. And you'd see him, like, people nod ahead. And he come back, he went, yeah, the, ga- the gaffer's relented, uh, uh, lads. I said, well, what's he done? He said, you can undo your top button. <laughs> and that was it. Undo your top button. Because he, he are, it was yeah. who you are, what you are, you represent. When you get off... And you go down the gangplank and you go into your little um, chalet or whatever. Yeah. Take your blazer off. If we're going, when we're going home, I don't care if it's under 20 degrees, you put in your blazer, put in your tie on, and then like, you're on club wow. official business. Now, I, I'm old school. I quite like it. I yeah. quite like the That's why you're wearing it today, I see, uh, Perry. Why well, are you wearing the blazer today? I wear it when I do hospitality at the Gooners, yeah. so it gives people a clue. Instead yeah. of saying to me, just fake, mate, get us a couple of bottles of red wine, will you? I'm like, <laughs> I used to play back in the 80s. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll be back here with uh, Andy tomorrow. Perry, you're off to Ipswich. You and Paul Merson doing a show tonight. Yeah, um, you know, when they say about timing, um, we didn't realise that Ricky Gervais was doing... Uh, his show in the next uh, theatre to us. Yeah. <laughs> so we look at that and go, one of the world's biggest comedians. You go, oh, has he got? Not... Has he got a champions championship winners medal though? He hasn't got one, has he? hasn't He hasn't won the uh, first division. So you, you know, you can do stuff that he can't do. Yeah, what about if there's some people turn up at the corn exchange and they think, they've where's Gervais? The the where is he? Get him on. What's these two doing on it? <laughs> Your joke's going to have to be good tonight, Perry. That's, That's all that immerse. Well, look, lovely to work with you. I'm Cheers. sure we'll do it again. And uh, Andy will be back tomorrow. Don't forget, the World Cup. We won't be with you during the first couple of weeks of the World Cup. We will bring you a podcast every night. So uh, you will, if you want your dose of H&J, you'll still get that throughout the World Cup. But for today, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every week. Weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.